Work, wealth, wisdom. This is DC Entrepreneur. We're sharing stories, ideas, and lessons from startups and businesses in the pursuit of innovation. And we're helping build a community of problem solvers and thought leaders in the Washington area. Now, here's your host, George Mocharco. This is George Mocharco, host of DC Entrepreneur, here on WERA 96.7 FM. I'm in the studio today with Dr. Gerald Gordon. He's the president of the Fairfax County Economic Development Authority, known as the FCEDA. And he's here to discuss Fairfax County and the business community in the area. Thanks so much for dropping by the studio today. Thanks, George, for having me. Dr. Gordon, can you just explain for our listeners who aren't familiar with what economic development organizations do, what their focus is, and what the primary focus is for FCEDA? It's a two-part question, and appropriately so, because uh, there are so many different organizations that do this, and depending on where they're located, their mission is a little different. In Virginia, local governments provide public services completely on the back of the real estate tax base. So if you can increase the contributions to the real estate tax base that come from the business community, it helps to offset the cost of public services for residents. So that's what we do. We bring businesses in. We help them grow when they're here. We help new businesses start and get become successful, all because ultimately we hope they'll take office space, create a demand for new construction that contributes to the tax base. And so why should startups and small businesses choose Fairfax County as a location? One of the great things about Fairfax County is that there's a great deal of momentum and there are a lot of businesses there now who are doing wonderful things. And they do a lot of subcontracting, uh, including small uh, and new businesses. Even the what we call the micro-businesses, five people or fewer, are doing a lot of business with our major, major corporations. So it's good to be right in the heart of where that activity is. You always go to events. You see people handing out business cards and getting online and and, uh, registering with companies that are looking for goods and services under contract. Talk to me about the current landscape for startups in the area because there's a a whole kind of economic picture that Fairfax comes into play with uh, because we have D.C., we have the federal government here, and a lot of the businesses are contractors with the federal government. How does Fairfax work for startups that aren't necessarily related to government contracting? It's actually, I think it may be easier in many cases for for non-government contracting small businesses than for government contracting small businesses, if you will, because um, there's so much competition in the government contracting space and they're all looking for experience in not only experience in business generally, but in in government contracting as subs or sub-subs. So it's a little bit hard to break in. Um, companies that come in and want to do business on the private side have a lot of opportunities as well because we have nine Fortune 500 companies in Fairfax County alone. There are two more here in northern Virginia. So there's a lot of opportunity to provide goods and services to a company that will then provide goods and services to a larger company. So can you talk to me about how corporate real estate kind of plays into what your mission is? Corporate real estate is uh, critically important to us if we're trying to fill office space. The, it, we work very closely with the development community and with builders and with uh, businesses because we know what the trends are and we can see when buildings are becoming occupied, who's looking, who's still in the, in the hunt and what that means for the pent-up demand. Um, so developers come to us. Businesses want to know um, all, the, all those details about what the demand is, what the supply is that's in the pipeline 
and what might their opportunities be. So there's a planning component to this too, right? Absolutely. The county government actually does the planning, but they won't do so without knowing what the business community thinks. So it's really a two-way street. Whenever it comes to like shovel-ready projects that happen in Fairfax, they're not basing it just on the population that we have here. They're, they're also predicting future growth too, right? Predicting future growth and also looking at the current inventory of space. Right now, we have a lot of um, vacant space in the county. So until we work that down a little bit, there probably won't be as much new construction as you might otherwise have, uh, with the exception being Tyson's Corner, where Mm -hmm. everything is booming. And the Silver Line was recently completed uh, in Fairfax. Can you talk to me about how transit-oriented development is a big part of connecting the business community and, and Fairfax residents? It It is more and more than ever before. Um, the Silver Line, when it uh, opened a few years ago, immediately resulted in a couple of new uh, large businesses coming into the county. One was Intelsat, uh, which came in and immediately said if it had not been for the Silver Line, we wouldn't be here. Um, so that was an attraction company that was brought in from another jurisdiction. Um, we also had a company that stayed and consolidated all of its space and created its headquarters in Tyson's, Tyson's Corner. Um, that was Cvent. Um, so we had one that came in, one large one, one that stayed, again, specifically because of the Silver Line. And so I'm just thinking of some of the other names that I, I, I can think of. Capital One, Volkswagen, those are companies that aren't necessarily government contractors that we think about whenever it comes to uh, the business community. So it seems like there's a really interesting mix of businesses that are located in the county. Yeah, we set out about uh, probably 20 years ago or less to make sure that we diversified the county's economy away from its overdependence on federal contracting. And since then, we've in, we've brought in just the corporate headquarter locations, um, include some on the federal side, uh, uh, Northrop Grumman, CSC, SAIC, more recently TSA, um, but also uh, being a government organization directly, uh, but also a lot of non uh, government-related organizations and company, just the headquarters, Volkswagen North America, Innosat, Bechtel, Capital One, Cvent. Um, and that helps level out the economy when when government contracting declines or uh, you know, there's a, an absence of continuing resolutions. Um, those things impact our community a little bit less than they would otherwise. Um, can you talk to me about how attracting international businesses is a big part of creating growth in Fairfax? The beauty of this is that we are virtually all the land between the largest uh, buyer of any goods and services anywhere in the world, the federal government, and on our western border, Dallas International Airport. So it's it's almost a no-brainer to pursue um, foreign-owned businesses. And they come from 54 different uh, countries around the world. And uh, there are over 400 of them, and they employ roughly 30,000 Americans. These aren't people all coming from overseas. So they're filling office space, buying goods and services, creating tax base. Um, it's, it's, uh, they tend to be high-paying jobs, um, a little bit higher than the norm. Um, so it's a really a good business. It also helps to uh, level out our um, the rises and falls when the economy uh, is hit by you know one industry suffering a, a cutback of some form. So we've been talking about how not being tied to the government actually helps Fairfax with leveling out uh, sometimes how the economy is doing. And I, I think that's one thing that uh, the national press was picking up on was that this area seemed to do pretty good uh, after the recession of 2007, being that uh, the government contracting businesses were here. But then there's also the component of, of having that diverse 
business mix here. There was this article, I think it was Dr. Stephen Fuller from George Mason University that wrote about the two different economies in this area, D.C. and Northern Virginia. Can you talk to me about what what that means? Yeah, Steve um, actually is picking up on something that the Labor Department uh, published back in 2007, that this is the only region in the United States where you have two distinct nodes of of employment in a single region. Washington, D.C. has just over 600,000 jobs, primarily – public sector and those you know lawyers and, and people who want to influence public policy and Fairfax County which has just under 600,000 jobs is predominantly private sector even uh, discounting the, the the government contracting firms were pre- predominantly unrelated to government contracting unrelated to direct employment only one of our, one of 10 of our working adults are actually federal employees directly um, so again, that has leveled out. That's leveled out our economy over time. Um, the foreign-owned businesses has have, and there's another uh, component of our economy that also levels out the rises and falls and diversifies the economy further. And that is our ability to attract female, women-owned, um, minority-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses. Um, there was a uh, Black Enterprise magazine, which is published in New York, lists the top. 100 African-American-owned and operated companies in the United States. Um, when we first saw this list about 15 years ago, we had seven out of 100 in Fairfax County. The same thing can be said of uh, Hispanic business magazine, um, Korean-owned businesses, Asian-owned businesses more broadly. We have a disproportionately high share of, uh, of minority-owned businesses, a great niche for us. And they're providing valuable goods and services either to individuals or companies or the feds. The same can be said of veteran-owned businesses, um, just a disproportionately high share of the regions, uh, uh, total of those kinds of businesses, as well as the state, as well as the country. And so uh, another part of the mix here, too, is the presence of a big hospital system, INOVA. One of the things that we need to look at for the future is translational medicine and what that means for the local business economy. Can you explain to me and our listeners what translational medicine is and why that's a future growth industry? Translational medicine is the practice of disaggregating someone's individual genetic code, which is 6 billion characters long. If analysts can look at your genetic code and look at specific phrases within the code, and see that certain characters are out of the order in which they're supposed to be, they typically are, then they can identify those illnesses for which you have a genetic predisposition. And from that, they can then resolve those issues before um, before you actually contracted an illness or you can um, they can tell where the illness is coming from and they can address just those um, phrases within your genetic code. And then subsequently, they can stack uh, individuals' codes upon individuals' codes and start looking for the kinds of patterns that um, that predict disease generally. Um, the, what's happening at INOVA, which is the hospital system in Fairfax, for those of listeners who aren't familiar, um, about three years ago, perhaps, um, the ExxonMobil downstream marketing division, which occupied the campus, 117-acre campus directly across Gallows Road from the hospital, moved its employees back to Texas. And uh, the hospital system then bought that property and the buildings and the ability to expand on that campus, which is considerable. 
And on that campus, they've now put two research institutes, one the, Can- the Dwight Shar Cancer Institute and one the Translational Medicine Institute. And as they conduct their research, they will then um, reach conclusions, and these uh, discoveries can then be commercialized once they're approved by the federal government. They can be commercialized and spun off into new businesses. At some point, I mean, that's a a lengthy sort of uh, beginning process. But once you get to that approval and you can start applying it to individuals and uh, patients, then you can – I think the takeoff is going to be dramatic. I think we're going to see a a lot of growth over the years from that industry alone. Do you think that will actually support Fairfax jobs? Because I I know like the I-270 corridor has been always kind of themed around biotech, right? Um, does that does that mean that jobs will be coming with um, supporting kind of that that research area? Actually, I think this uh, the beauty of this region is that there are a lot of assets for this particular industry. Uh, Montgomery County, in particular, has a lot of uh, has the pure science, the laboratory research. This is um, your six billion character uh, genetic code is not something that's going to be disaggregated in a laboratory, it's got to be done on computer. So it's our information technology strengths that we've accumulated over the years that will enable us to uh, develop those products and services here. Um, But it's not just in Fairfax County. George Mason University has its um, science uh, campus down in Manassas in Prince William County. Howard Hughes Medical Institute is in Loudoun County. So we all, and, and of course, Montgomery County and D.C., all the jurisdictions offer different but comparable and um, collaborative um, services, and they're sharing that information. At INOVA, the uh, University of Virginia is putting a, a small program there to start with. Hopefully, at some point, we'll move up to uh, more advanced medical technologies that UVA will bring in. Uh, companies and uh, universities from around the world, as well as researchers from around the world, are starting to connect with INOVA, and they're sharing the information. So with the exception of that, which is going to be spun off into uh, competitive businesses, I think there's a lot of opportunity for everyone to benefit from this. Can you talk to me about the uh, partnership that universities have with uh, the local uh, business community and how they're able to support the growth of future industries that might not have kind of the uh, the demand for employees just yet. Yeah, there are something like 60 colleges and universities in this region. So there's a, there's a wealth of uh, great opportunities for different uh, areas of study. George Mason University for us is our, our downtown university. Um, we're very fortunate because they are they're strong in the areas in which we need them to be strong information technology, a growing um, bioinformatics program, um, gaming, uh, serious gaming institutes very active. Um, but Arlington County has a similar uh, benefit from Virginia Tech's campus up here. Uh, Loudoun County has a similar benefit from the George Washington University campus. Those universities are all going to be an important part of the growth because the business community is coming to them to help them with the research. Uh, the one thing that when, when we talk about university Im- impact, the one thing that we never that, – that sometimes gets lost is the growing importance of the community college system. Uh, community colleges are producing not only two-year degreed individuals but certificate. Uh, individuals. So they come out with an ability. You don't necessarily need a four-year degree to do IT work. You can start with a two-year degree 
you may have enough to, then with your own native abilities uh, to perform the work. Or you can start performing the work and then move up in the academic, get your credentials um, raised over time. But uh, community colleges can be very, very important to us. So a lot of the startups that I've had on the show have been tech startups. Uh, can you talk to me about the the tech business community in, in uh, Fairfax County and how IT plays uh, a vital part of uh, what business, uh, what's driving business in Fairfax County? Yeah, I think um, IT is the basis of, of all of our strengths, whether it's cybersecurity, data analytics, cloud computing, translational medicine. It all starts with the IT work. So small companies um, start from the large perspective, large companies in this community as well as anywhere in the United States are having trouble finding workforce. So if you're an IT worker and you can code or you have some other specific skill, you're golden. There are jobs here, um, multiple jobs. You can move from one company to another as you move up the ladder. Um, that That's a problem across the United States. So having the universities producing these jobs, having small businesses that are able to do these, some of this work under contract is really an important um, asset for us. A lot of these small companies are coming from overseas, um, Korean-based businesses, Indian-based businesses, others coming from other parts of the world coming here to do IT work for our companies under contract. Would you say that uh, it's mostly services-based uh, jobs that are here? Yeah. In Fairfax County, we're almost entirely service-based. We do have a few product companies um, there, I know there is one manufacturer that does the elaborate um, cases for the Smithsonian. Uh, you know, have to have certain lighting and and air controls and that sort of thing. Um, but by and large, we are a service economy. How does FCEDA display its leadership with the the local and state policymaking process? We actually try to stay away from the uh, directly away from um, advocacy, but the counties all have advocacy staffs. All the local institutions like Chambers of Commerce, the university, they all have people who go down to Richmond. General Assembly just happens to be in session right now. They're about halfway through and they're going through thousands upon thousands of bills. Um, and I sit on the board of the State Chamber of Commerce and we have a, not just an individual but a staff of people who are reading through these bills trying to figure out what the implications are for the business community around the entire Commonwealth and in some cases – there will be jurisdictions or parts of the state that want to see a particular bill passed, whereas other parts of the state may not. Um, so it's a delicate balance, but they represent us all very well. You mentioned that a lot of the businesses help support the tax base for the quality of life in Fairfax County. What about the, the tax dollars that go to Richmond um, that end up supporting the rest of the Commonwealth? It's true. Um, Fairfax County is the source of all of 25 percent of all the income taxes in Virginia. That's important because um, in the same way that uh, local governments in Virginia provide goods and services at the local level on the back of real estate taxes, the Commonwealth of Virginia does so on income taxes. And 25 um, percent of all those income taxes come from Fairfax County. Forty-four percent of all the income taxes in Virginia come from northern Virginia, including Arlington, of course. And uh, we get back roughly 19 cents for every dollar that goes to Richmond. So as goes Northern Virginia, so goes the rest of the Commonwealth and the public services they receive. So I'm in the studio today here with Dr. Gerald Gordon. He is the president of the Fairfax County Economic Development Authority. Dr. Gordon, can you just talk to me about startups in Northern Virginia? 
Why is uh, Fairfax a good place for startups to locate? I think um, startups like to be around where businesses are being successful generally, where they might meet people who may ultimately buy their goods and services, where they might meet people who have um, insights as to where they can find workforce, who they need to talk to. Um, I, I've been in conversations where I've heard a large a representative of a large business say um, something like, um, you know, I know someone who's looking for that kind of service. Call Joe. Here, I'll give you his number or I'll call him on your behalf. And you hear that kind of story all the time. It's a great place to be around other successful businesses. And what kind of support services does FCEA have for startups in particular and uh, tech startups, uh, since you said tech is a big part of the economy? Tech is, is um, the basis for most of our economy, in fact. And um, the Economic Development Authority offers a series of workshops that are designed to help companies at various stages of um, of their maturity. So we have people in some of our workshops who are um, thinking about a business. They may be retiring from the federal government or whatever, um, and they've been thinking about having a business for all these years. It may be a new American who comes in and wants to start, you know, is the American dream, start having your own business. Um, many of them uh, are companies that are, are individuals who spun off of, of a technology company, have a new idea. They want to start their own company. So you have everything from people who are working in the garage or in the kitchen table. And, uh, you know, the wife or the husband's yelling, get that crap off of the kitchen table. Um, to companies that are two or three trying to reach to five and ten so they can take a, on more contracts to companies that are at five and ten and then got a contract and they need another 25, 30 people immediately. So we have um, workshops that help entrepreneurs think about getting started and how to get started. Who do I have to see? Do I need an attorney? Do I need an accountant? Do I need a, a, a a license from the county? Do I need to talk to somebody at the state? How do I write a business plan? How do I export my goods and services or import goods and services from my home country? Um, all those, uh, anything that we can offer to help people get started and become successful and extend. Interestingly, George, the um, we've now been doing these workshops for so long, we've had 5,000 people come through them over the years, and we're starting to see some of the same people come back. Mm-hmm. So someone who started a business now wants to know, how do I get the next contract? How do I grow bigger? Um, can you talk to me about uh, growth and um, how businesses can start to really drive their growth? Are there any incubators or places where uh, Fairfax can help accelerate some businesses? There are indeed. Uh, the George Mason University operates one. There are a couple. Uh, there's one at uh, the Center for Innovative Technology. Reston Chamber has an incubator. These are great because you can get into the, the less expensive space. You get those services. They have requirements to graduate over a specific amount of time, so you can't live there forever. Um, but it, it's a it's an impetus to to move and to. Um, to to try to get out into the real world more quickly, it's amazing when you go to these places and you and you sit and watch these these young men and women, primarily young men and women, but there are others as well, um, talking to each other and and feeding off of each other's enthusiasm and uh, giving each other ideas. It's really it's kind of a unique experience. And and the tech council is also located in Fairfax as well too. So that's that's a big source of support for tech based businesses. It is indeed. Any kind of news headlines that we can we can bring up right now that uh, have happened in recent weeks 
or I guess whenever this episode airs here in February of 2018? Um, yeah, I think in the last several months, we've had uh, two or three major announcements, more than 1,000 jobs per. Um, interestingly, one was TSA, so you have one public sector, and then um, the Amazon Web Services has brought in another 1,500 jobs in uh, in Reston, so you have a, a non-government uh, 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 company. So you have a little bit of everything. We have um, uh, we're working with other uh, clients. Our pipeline's been pretty constant and pretty full. It's moving a little bit uh, faster these days than it was a year ago. So we're looking for more of those big announcements. So another big part of Fairfax County is the local school system, Fairfax County Public Schools, and it's one of the reasons why a lot of people choose to live in Fairfax County and work. Uh, and raise a family there. Uh, can you talk to me about the, the strength of the school system and how that kind of plays into the pipeline of a lot of the STEM jobs that are being created now? Yeah, the, the public schools, as you said, are indeed a very important element of attracting and retaining our business community. And it's not just because the, people, the decision makers want their own children in good public schools, but if they're going to attract the best workforce from around the United States or around the world, they want they want to be able to offer them great public schools as an amenity, um, and when they attract their workforce, um, the public schools are increasingly stressing uh, STEM areas, uh, particularly emphasizing it for young girls, um, and um, now they are having coding classes. Uh, you know, in, even in uh, elementary school in the early elementary years, and so that they the students build uh, not only. The, um, the expertise, but they also build the comfort level with, uh, with coding and with other um, IT s- subjects. And that's really important, not, again, not only because the students are now being prepared for the workforce of the future, but also because it makes an enormous statement to companies when they come to Fairfax County and we show them these things. They want to go home and make sure that the, their public school system where they came from are doing likewise. So it's, it's a big asset for us. Yeah, and it seems like digital literacy and uh, especially like programming skills are something that are going to be, you know, just like language skills that we have now for the future um, students that will be in in the workforce. Yeah, absolutely. And and to the extent that we can keep them here in this region, um, either immediately when they go to college at George Mason or wherever, um, or when they go away to college, if we can attract them back to apply those skills with our local businesses, then we're, we're ahead of the game. Because of the dearth of uh, IT workers, I think companies and jurisdictions are collaborating more and more. Um, it's important. There's, there's, there are a number of good universities in this region that, that offer IT curricula, but there's no reason why, um, why they each have to offer the same little niche. Why not specialize in a niche? By the way, the uh, the university in this region is that is the only university that offers a PhD for cybersecurity is here in Arlington. It's uh, Marymount, and that's a well kept secret. But that's an outstanding school. Yeah, and cyber seems to be one of those places where there's a huge demand for for new workers. For the technology jobs that are here, it it, it seems that they're having trouble bringing in a lot of people. Is that because maybe the requirements for these jobs are too high or is it the fact that maybe there isn't kind of like the same match of people that already exist with these skills that they're looking for? 
It's a little bit of everything. Mostly it's just those people don't exist. So you can't even bring them in from another community. They don't exist there either. But there are many government contracts who require not only the skills but also a bachelor's degree um, as opposed to someone who could do the job with existing skills but not the credential. Um, so there's there are a lot of reasons, but um, we're all looking for for that workforce. Yeah, and and there's also a huge migrant community that comes to Fairfax for work too, for highly skilled professions like doctors, and also for for labor jobs too. Can you talk to me about uh, some of the migrant workers that come to Fairfax? Yeah, I heard Senator Warner speak recently, and he said that ninety seven percent of all the uh, dreamers in the United States are either fully employed in school or or serving in the military. So this is a group of people that we want to capture, and many of them do have IT skills or have or are moving into those areas because they see the opportunities. So I think if um, I think the, the immigration has helped this community, I know it's helped other communities where there are a, a more uh, there are more of them uh, relative to the total population. The density is greater, um, but this pop this community needs the immigrant workers and who have IT skills. Yeah, and a lot of the companies are willing to pay for those visas and the other requirements to keep them here. The one thing that really um, would make an IT worker absolutely golden is to have the skill sets and a security clearance. Those jobs are in high demand. Those people are in high demand. There are a number of those jobs going wanting just because the there's a, such a, an elaborate federal process for approving someone's um, security clearance, even if you already have one from, say, the military. Um, it takes you a while to move up the security ladder. Um, somebody who has the IT skills and a security clearance, they're, they're truly golden in this community. Co-working is a big thing right now for startups. And I know uh, WeWork, Make Offices, uh, a number of other co-working spaces are located in Fairfax. Uh, can you talk to me about how co-working is helping businesses or um, helping grow businesses uh, that might not have the resources to start, you know, signing a lease for office space. It's it's all that, and the, and I'll come to the resources, but it's also just moral support because I know if I was twenty five and trying to start my own business, I'd be nervous as hell, and so I would want to make sure that you know, I was around other people going through the same kinds of experiences. You can learn from one another, you can lean on one another, um, but these co working spaces also provide access to. Um, to space, first of all, but also to the services that small businesses need, finance, access to finance, access to workers, access to legal and uh, financial um, accounting, auditing, all those bits and pieces that if you bring in someone for the whole group, it's a lot more effective and uh, cost efficient than it would be if you were doing it one at a time. Any last thoughts you'd like to leave us with? I always talk about the big announcements, and what you hear are the announcements that carry a thousand jobs or a, a headquarters operation. But the truth is that Fairfax County's economy, like any other economy in the world, is born of and grows on the back of small businesses, even remarkably small businesses, the so-called micro businesses of five or fewer. That's where our growth is. That's where it will always be. The beauty of a large company coming into the community is that it provides enormous opportunities for these small companies to grow even faster. Well, there you have it. That was Dr. Gerald Gordon, the president of the Fairfax County Economic Development Authority here in the studio today. Thanks for being here. Thank you, George. Catch us next time here on DC Entrepreneur. 
Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and connect with us on our blog. If you have any tips or ideas for stories, please tweet at us or message us on Facebook. Please tune in to our next episode. And thanks for listening.